You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. very very powerful topic um for this one today we've actually been planning this one for quite a while but due to technical difficulties and this and that uh it's only just now happening but here we are so thanks for joining us brian good to see you brother always always so um yeah if you want to go ahead and set us up because you've got the you've got the visual <laughs> there and everything to uh, kind of set up the the premise of this this concept absolutely i would love to um so essentially uh this was something that um i was explaining the concept of what is known as a uh, ghost door um in both the the Taoist tradition and, and the norse tradition we have it reflected in the mythos as well to you and then one day uh as we were talking this out in a private conversation we really unlocked this kind of feedback loop so uh, to explain this, I'm going to give a short introduction into the nine worlds uh, in the Nordic understanding and what each of those kind of correlate and represent on a uh, personal internal level. So we're going to start in the realm of the Norse. So that's gonna, that would be the realm, obviously, on the top. And then we'll move clockwise. So then we'll be moving to the northeast and the east, so on and so forth. So the realm in the north is known as Muspelheim, or uh, not Muspelheim, sorry, uh, Niflheim, and it is the uh, mist world. This is the realm uh, that represents potential unmanifested energy. So things that are out there in the void, but they haven't quite come into manifestation. They're just the potential is, for them is there. Then moving to the realm of the northeast, that is going to be the realm of Asgard. And uh, this is the realm uh, of celestial deities, but it represents uh, on an internal aspect it is our belief systems, uh, our convictions, our morality, things like that. Then moving to the realm of the east, we have uh, Jotunheim, which is the giant home, and it represents our ego and how we interact and view ourselves. Moving to the southeast, is going to be Svartalheim, which is the dwarf home, and this correlates with our subconscious mind. And then moving to the south, that is Muspelheim, which is the fire home, and this is uh, deals with our actions that we take. Uh, moving to the southwest, that is going to be Helheim, and this is the realm of the unconscious, and this is the one of the main realms we're going to be really focusing on in this because it's it's the gate through which this all opens um and that deals with the unconscious mind uh and then in the west is vanaheim which is the home of the vani or the terrestrial deities but that is the realm of how we deal and relate to others and then in the northwest is the uh elfheim or the elf home which is the realm of the ascended masters the ancestors the guides um any of those phrases, you know, could work for them. Uh, and then obviously in the center is Midgard, which is 
the earth it's where uh everything all these energies of the different worlds come together and it's not only this physical reality field but you are also midgard so uh and what we were talking about uh now that we have this foundational understanding is in the Taoist tradition uh when they're dealing with the bagua there's something known as the ghost door between the realm of the southwest and the northeast and this is also reflected in um the norse mythos uh the realm of asgard is surrounded by a wall but it has a crack in it and this represents that whenever in hellheim in our unconscious mind if we have um some shadows or some pains and things in there that we haven't dealt with those will manifest as <clears throat> demons uh, as a way to, to look at it for to, to gain an understanding through a mythological perspective. Those will manifest as demons that can then uh, break through the cracks of Asgard and uh, infect what would be, you know, our higher belief systems. So what happens with this, uh, this whole cycle here is as we're going, you know, uh, the energy is manifested in a clockwise motion. So this is as you follow this cycle along it's kind of a constant cycle of behavior that we're always in but what happens is in this cycle if we have some of these demons in the unconscious realm some of these unresolved issues they can then sneak up and bypass the rest of the cycle so then they sneak up and they manifest in our actions which then get into our uh you know our actions in midgard which are then getting into our higher belief systems so when people haven't done their healing you know their deep healing and they latch onto belief systems uh they can become very dogmatic in those so then that dogmatism feeds into the ego and then because it's building up into the ego it gets pushed into the realm of the subconscious mind once in the realm of the subconscious we then take action on it and because we're taking action on it those actions those belief systems then get pushed further down into the realm of the unconscious mind where they can then continue to fester and become more demons and what happens with this is with this cycle that unconscious behavior the unconscious projection it, it just creates this feedback loop here because what it does is it cuts you off from being able to truly connect and relate with others being able to connect and relate to your guides and cutting you off from the unmanifested the potential energy so that's why people get stuck in these loops and they're like i just can't change it i don't know why i'm stuck and they don't have anything new coming into their life it's because they've cut themselves off from people they've cut themselves off from their guides and from potential energy all because they're unaware of their unconscious projection and pain and they haven't done that work. So I think that's a good little kind of like foundational understanding uh, into it here. Uh, and then, you know, I'll pass it on to you here to uh, start doing a little riff on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's so profound. Like, I feel like we could do, we could spend so much time on this unpacking it because yeah, it's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it 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 hits right to the very center of the causal factors of these 
repeating cycles that people find themselves in. Uh, and, and when you think about um, the very crucial dynamic, you know, we, you and I especially, we've been talking a lot more about the importance of reclaiming your sovereignty. And one way mm. to measure that is being at the cause and not at the effect. When you're at the cause, you are being conscious of your intentions and your actions. Whereas if you're acting out of your unconscious behaviors, you're not even aware of them, but your actions, because of we, as we know of the law of cause and effect uh, through natural law, you're, yeah. those behaviors still are creating. And so you're just getting caught in the whirlwind, the whirlwind of your own shit, and you don't know why because it's your unconscious behaviors where exactly. you know exactly that's why it's so important to shift from being at the as the, at the effect of just being at the whims of the elements and just getting blown around constantly by all this uh, unconscious chaos that you're creating and being mindful of your thoughts your emotions and your actions analyzing where they're coming from at the roots of them and then weeding out you know, literally, like you're the gardener of your own consciousness, and you gotta pull those weeds, things that don't serve, and things that are like a weed, infiltrating your landscape and siphoning energy and sucking the nutrient. You know, sucking out the nutrients. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my little nice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 a very very great point there, and I. And I, you know, I think there's a there's so many ways as you know we've talked about this quite a few times now. There's so many ways this cycle applies. Uh, so I guess we can like talk about a few of them. And uh, the first one I'd like to hit on is something that we see. Um, say again, I'm sorry. I said that um, just as a reminder, a relationship is your relationship. And so if you are at the cause of your behaviors, then this is going to determine how you are relating to all the things in your life and all the many, you know, so all the many things that this, this can, uh, the way you relate to other people, your romantic interests, your friends, the way you relate to your career and your, you know, your boss or, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that that's that's an absolutely perfect point. That was a great, great thing to put in there. Um, but yeah, I guess the first example that we could look at um, is that you know, in the alternative, uh, the community, the truth community, you know, what, whatever label you'd like to throw on it, um, we can see sometimes when people first start to go through like uh, the awakening process, uh, they may come onto some information. And then they kind of latch onto it, and then they get stuck in that that state of uh, holding the keys without opening the door, as we've spoken about before. Um, and uh, what it is is they they get this knowledge, and it's so it feels so profound to them that it it kind of distracts them from their own inner stuff, and they for, they don't take the time to go do that healing and really delve into the unconscious and. And I think a lot of what we see in the movement, a lot of people, it, they only think it's about just as much research as you can do and as much, you know, information, intellectual-based stuff as you can get. But the, the healing isn't just played within the head. It's something that actually has to be done 
yeah, and I've process. Got, I've got, I got something. Yeah, go for it, man. So, the ego brain is what separates you from source, from the all, from the everything. So, when and that's the intellect. I mean, that's the the form. The left brain is ruled by the ego. So, your the masculine brain. That's all. I mean, again, uh, intellect literally means to to pick apart or to break down. So. Mm-hmm. That is the separation. So when you're, you know, grasping for information and you're only holding it intellectually in your left brain and you're not integrating it, then you're, it's, you're still separated from it. You're not becoming mm-hmm. that truth. You're not living the truth. You're just holding it in your mind and then spitting it out intellectually in your little online debates and whatever in your little, you know, I beat you Mm -hmm. or, you know, I flung poo better than you did. Like, that you see happening. Right. That's what it is. Totally. And I, and I think it, yeah. And one thing I think we can notice with this cycle, no matter what, uh, social dynamic we're applying it to, whether it be, uh, in the alternative community in romantic relationships, uh, with addiction, whatever it is, um, whenever this people get stuck in this cycle, you'll notice this symptom and it's always the pointing of the finger outward mm-hmm. and it's never inward. It's always blaming our problems on our life situations or things that happen to us or this victimhood mentality that, you know, you see the victimhood mentality come through real strong yeah. with this because well, there's all that pretty- unconscious, you know, healing that, you know, and hurt down there that they need to heal. Um, what's tricky about it too is because they have identified with this I'm an anarchist now I'm not part of the problem anymore mm-hmm. that, you know, that's what it comes down to they, that's a lie that they're telling themselves to make them think that they're somehow exempt as if that's the only truth that matters and that once they stop voting or stop whatever paying their taxes that suddenly they're not part of the problem anymore right Honestly, your own projection and just the very basic way that you relate to others is just as, as much anarchy as the I don't participate in state stuff anymore. I mean, anarchy is a way of life. That Well, anarchy is an extension of sovereignty, and, and you can't be sovereign when you're not owning yourself. And what that really means is owning all of your subconscious behaviors. So you can't really, I mean, not to be like that guy that's like, it's not real anarchy, but I am being that guy. (laughs) It's not not real anarchy if you're not completely owning your behavior because you're not sovereign. Right. No, absolutely. And I think this is um, something that we can uh, hit on here, too, is that when people, they can kind of, when they first start to get in like the the awakening stage and like say they're waking up more to like the political kind of side of things getting some of these realizations is, is such a major stimulation for the brain that adrenaline is actually like released hmm. but then you can get people that they they kind of become the the conspiracy junkies and then that's where you see like the some of the conspiracies they just go not to say that there aren't conspiracies out there that things don't happen that aren't you know obviously organized and planned but some of the things that have just gotten 
so extreme and so far out there that people are so fucking disconnected from reality and they just hold on to that thing so hard that they become very dogmatic in how they present it and anyone that doesn't understand that is stupid and is a is you know uh trying to you know control us or is an illuminati puppet or you know, any of that crap like that's that is all unconscious projectile vomiting as like as we like to call it you yeah. know um where they they there's not that healing there so then they just get stuck and then they take this idea that they found and then they latch onto it and then they become attached in a dogmatic way to always to try to find that next adrenaline fix you know because it's right. Their identity becomes that, like, oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a truther. I'm seeking after this next big thing. But they're, they're looking for all these realizations outside instead of like, what's, well, what's the next big thing within you? Like, let's delve within. Like, let's take it there because that's where it needs to go. And that's, that's and that's why the community kind of gets laughed at by the dark occult is because as long as we're out there fucking bickering amongst people and we're looking outside of ourselves, we're not, we're not coming into the real knowledge that matters. You can go learn about all the different things the CIA has done or all this different shit. It's not that that knowledge isn't valuable, but it right. doesn't actually do a damn bit of good to heal your pain. Right. You know, that's what we need to look at. And if the whole system is running on coercion, then you have to deal with the traumas that are inherently caused by that coercion. So just pointing out it's all coercion, that's not healing. You're, I mean, it's the start, but... I mean, of uh, uh, essentially, like all, you know, states of being traumatized, it's a drug. The truth, mm -hmm. the conspiracies, it's all a drug, you know. They, mm -hmm. they get that high off of uncovering the next big thing, and what, what does any good drug do is distract you from yourself. Just mm -hmm. like just as much as your Netflix and your cheesecake and your heroin. That's good, dude. That's good. Yeah, no, it's because that's what it is. It's a distraction from the self, man. Well, like, that's, you know, the real inside work. job wasn't 9-11. <laughs> the real insight. <laughs> yeah. That's the ultimate conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it really is because that's the knowledge that really empowers, empowers us because when we can start really stepping in and being able to like truly analyze ourselves and take our power back and get out of the fucking victimhood mindset. Uh, uh, we start going a long ways. Like, yeah, there is a system that's there, but it, it's all a system that's in the mind. It doesn't actually exist. It's just mental conditions and beliefs that people are operating on because they're unconscious of all their shit because this feedback, so becoming aware of this information and being able to take action with wisdom on it, that's what we need to do to really start making the change, you know, right. to start organizing and not just, uh, and, you know, I think start make, trying to look to make connections to actually grow rather than just be the person that, oh, I know more than you and you're wrong or you're so stupid or you're, right. you're a stupid sheep or any of that fucking crap. What's freedom, really? Yeah. It, doing a whole lot of this for your ego but it's not making you or anybody else any more free and and all this i mean there's so much high school clicky bullshit in the freedom community it's it's ugh, sorry but it's it's really disheartening and difficult to look at um mm -hmm. i mean that may seem i don't know judgy or pretentious but i mean it's it's a practical judgment 
mm-hmm. like if we if we really care about freedom as much as we say we did then wouldn't it make sense that the slaves or the inmates all get together and come up with a plan on how to get the fuck out of here and then we can fight all we want out you know whatever uh but until we let me just drop this little truth bomb until we become as unified and well organized as the dark elite we're fucked it's that simple and more so really because that's just meeting them at their level of course we have we have the uh the advantage of vast numbers going for us but uh i mean at this rate yeah, no, and, and like I said, what yeah, there there is a lot of uh, I guess what you call ego stroking, and and it's something that we you know, and this is something we can look at, observe, because I'm sure all of us have had interactions in trying to teach people and share information where we just kind of get in this back and forth bickering, and it's not like making any progress, or if where we've went at something from a little bit of a dogmatic perspective and weren't re- necessarily being a midwife of consciousness, as we've talked about, really trying to meet that person at where they're at and then give them directions to where they need to get to. And when, when we act like that, we interact with people like that. We can see that those interactions don't bear any good fruit. In fact, they generally turn people away. So rather than actually trying to, you're actually doing any good, you're actually doing more harm because you're people are hearing about these concepts from you. But if you come off as a complete asshole that hates yourself and hates the world and you're just, calling everybody you know names and insults or telling how stupid no one wants to be that guy like you know so why would they listen to you if you're coming off like that this is not just us pontificating i can say with confidence i have seen a massive insurgence of comments that i've observed of of non inner circle people not you know people that are a little bit more mainstream or you know, normie, whatever term you want to use. I'm seeing a lot, I mean, a lot of comments. People saying things like, oh, the natural law people, and like saying negative things, as in, you know, not about, oh, they don't, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. No, they're just saying, wow, what a bunch of dogmatic assholes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people say this. I mean, what does that tell you? Are we really being yeah. good ambassadors for the great work? Are we really, yeah. are we turning people off to freedom? I mean, we've got to be honest about this shit. This is the real world. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, and, um, you know, when you start actually studying the hidden laws of the universe and realizing the masculine and feminine principles, it, it's so obvious what a lack of uh, the feminine care is not present in our, our relating to each other. It's total mm-hmm. brain, logical, you know, no connection, no empathy, no care. I mean, there's some care. I, I, I see that in, in the general, like, motivation with a lot of anarchists. It's not that they don't care at all. They have good intentions in in that they want everyone to be free. Uh, you know, I can generally say that about anarchists, and, and that's good. But but their interactions don't reflect that. When when you see them talking to people, you don't see that 
I'm the trying approach. to you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help us all be free. It's just about I'm trying to you know skull fuck you with because with my truth basically. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think a lot of that comes from this feeling of being, you know, uh, helpless. So it, it you know, because you you wake up and then you see that you you feel like you're a slave or you're being controlled, and you see the system around, and you get angry, and you yeah. feel like you're angry at everyone else for the situation you're in, but you know, you don't stop to think that, you know, you were part of that situation then realize that you have to go back and it has to change on the level of the individual. And when people get stuck in a fear-based mindset and that, you know, that's when it sets up for that unconscious feedback loop. Because uh, fear, you know, it just drops you into that, that lower state of awareness. Um, and then obviously because you're dropping out of your higher, your conscious awareness, the subconscious and unconscious behavior take over a lot more yes and then that's when you know if you haven't done that healing these things are going to come out and it's it's a it's a projection of their own inner anger from having been asleep for so long or having been a part of the system and there's they're just so angry so they're trying to express that and there is a place for righteous anger and to use it but to only be that or to try to identify that as a as a total mask that that's that's trying that's it's becoming dogmatic if it's becoming part of your ego is that's how you see yourself that's the only way you can present information there's something you need to stop and look at because there is a time to be serious to bring down that hammer that jupiter retrograde that we've talked about but there's also a time to fucking step back and be able to open up and empathize and show another human being that you genuinely fucking care and that you can fucking connect to them like uh you know <laughs> yeah well you know it that's why we call it's a feedback loop it's like groundhog day like we were joking about the other day yeah exactly repeating, repeating repeating and you know like i can honestly say i i'm speaking from you know experience in in this Absolutely. exact thing you you know too mm-hmm. it's a natural part of the the awakening process the first you know well what's it called the the five stages the blackening of, well, the blackening is the first stage. Yeah, but in the the psychology uh, concept, oh. the five stages of grief or something like that. And oh, and okay, sorry, like I was on the wrong thing. One. So you're just you're not getting to past stage one. Like you gotta move. The, I mean, you know that process it's describing is the process of healing. If you're stuck in stage one and you're just angry, 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 angry until you're a bitter old man, just like you know we'll never see anarchy in our day, you know, just totally negative, like stuck in, in just projecting your own helplessness yeah. on the world. Um, you know, keep going. Like I was angry. It's natural. It's, it's right to be angry, but it's not a useful place to stay. It's toxic to you and everybody else. So for mm-hmm. your own sake and for ours, keep going, you know, take action. Anger is useful as a call to action. If you just stay angry, it's not doing you any good. That's the whole point. When you see something that's wrong with the world, it's supposed to make you angry so that you actually do something about it. But, you know, like if you saw somebody getting mugged, you know, in the street, and it makes you mad because it's an injustice, and all you do is just stand there and just, like, you know, grab people as they walk by and look at this scum sitting there robbing people like and not actually doing anything you know 
Why are you even mad? If you're not going to do anything, what right do you even have to be mad, honestly? Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, One, and look at it, you know, from the perspective of, say you are wanting, if you do want this freedom, if you want people to understand the information, if someone sees another person that's just so angry that, and and we've seen people that get stuck in these loops that you've maybe been friends with them online for years now, and you see that they're literally still making the exact same argument. They're posting the same memes. They're bitching about the same thing. They're still doing the same fucking thing. They're stuck in this loop. And uh, and to well, them, they justify. They're like, "Well, until we have freedom, I'm just gonna keep posting and just keep on posting." And they think that that's just all they can do. Right. Yeah, or like you see that meme, like, you know, where they're joking about wasting six-hour shit posting or something. I was like, well, why don't you take that six hours and fucking do some deep meditation or, like, get into yourself or go, you know, actually go out and try to connect and create and create some project that's really going to fucking help transform the world. Like, put that energy into something rather than just trying to bitch about everything. Right. Um, and another so, common misunderstanding I want to throw out there, too, is that people act like, uh, well, it's, all, it's either two sides of the, you know, you know it's, it's, it's always in balance. It's the dialectics, always with the dialectic. Mm-hmm. So it's people always. either saying, you know, you should never be angry. You know, that's bad. It's negative. That's the very new age perspective. And then, um, like, on the other side of the coin... It's like, well, if you don't get mad, like, how would you do anything? That's also imbalanced because I feel like you can see things that need action without staying angry. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, like, look at look at like sort of the uh, the martial artist, the Eastern philosophy, martial arts type of approach to that that whole thing is is you know they don't act out of anger. They're going to defend themselves. They're going to take action. You bet your ass, like, you know, you'll be on your ass before you even know what happened. But they didn't get angry about it. They own their own emotions. They've mastered themselves. But they also know when to take action. Mm -hmm. Well, I think recognizing and using anger as a drive, because it is a very powerful, it creates a very strong, magical, energetic charge. But, Uh, you know, because emotion is energy in motion. But when we can... Yeah, when we can harvest that and then use it, you can be driven and have that that righteous anger to drive you as a force, but you don't necessarily have to use that in your delivery of the information. Ah, good point. Very good point. You know, because if think about it, you know, if, if you're trying to put people on information and they just see you as this really angry person who's always cussing at everybody or has this negative worldview or just you know, is shutting off everybody in his life, family and friends. No, no one wants to be that person. Like people want to be inspired because most people don't believe in the state or justify it because they actually want it. It's because they feel lost and they they don't see any other options. So becoming the inspiration, developing the real options that they can see that you can give them. They're like, oh, well, what else would we do? We'd be like, well, we can try this. Let's do this. We have these projects we're working on. You could go to this source. Start right. coming up with real the options. The and, ones stickling first, you know, why not yeah, us? Exactly. So, which is, you know, why we are uh, co-creating that, you know, the like, well, what else massive projects we are. 
do this. We have these projects we're working on. You could go to this source. Start right. coming up with real options. No one wants to go first. No, why not yeah. us? Exactly. I think you got a uh, feedback loop on your sound. On your, I'm uh, trying to get uh, out of it. <laughs> there we go. My bad. <laughs> You're good. I was trying to check the time, see what uh, what time we were at, and I, I like, opened up the live video. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, I guess another thing that we could tie tie in with this unconscious loop here is uh, addiction. I think this is a big one it really applies to. So much addiction comes from unconscious pain and action, and and they're doing it to distract themselves, and and they end up, you know, cutting themselves off from others and from the guidance of their ancestors and from new potential energy. But then they become identified in that addiction, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a meth addict, I'm an alcoholic. This is this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And even if they, especially if they take it from the perspective of they believe it's just like. A, it's just their gen- genetics and they're taking the whole victimhood mentality of it absolutely sets them up for this feedback loop. Like the victimhood mentality and this feedback loop just go hand in hand. Because um, uh, when they start telling themselves that and they're identifying that they're reinforcing it in their ego, which then goes into the subconscious mind, they take action on it, goes into the unconscious mind and then it, it the cycle just gets deeper and deeper and that's how they fall farther and farther into the loop of addiction and they always say hey i want to stop i want to change but they can't seem to do it it's because the unconscious mind you know it like you know i was telling you about the other day it's like a giant like you know two thousand pound gorilla you know i used i think i used the the uh metaphor of uh king kong you know and the unconscious mind is like that giant gorilla that's holding us uh and when whenever it feels attacked or like you know like those planes and everything are coming after it it tries to you know carry you up and you know protect you and everything because that's what it's supposed to do but it does it without realizing if it wasn't holding on so tight it wouldn't be drawing all that fire it wouldn't be getting all that attention you know uh and i think that's a really good way to look at it because it, it's such a strong force you know the subconscious and unconscious mind process information so, so many more, so much more information than the conscious mind does. So a lot of our behavior is driven by these. That's so incredibly profound, man, um, because it's, it, it's such that tricky thing, the dynamic between two, you know, two different people, especially when they're both in their ego. Uh, they, the, the, their egos are reflecting back to each other like twofold. So... I call it triggers, triggering triggers. Mm-hmm. It's it's another feedback loop because, um, you know, the gorilla perceives the world as hostile. Therefore, he becomes more enraged and more destructive. But he but the world is only hostile because he's enraged and destructive. So yeah. they're both feeding on each other and just causing more and more chaos. And that's literally what's happening in the world. All this chaos is just like you know, who started it, you know, like the wars and, and bombing each other and, uh, you know, religions and, and all the, you know, the, the left and the right. I mean, it's all just like, well, they did this, so we're doing this. And like, you know, two wrongs making a fucking right. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. what it all is. And it all comes down to a lack or an ignorance, ignorance 
of natural law, cause and effect, and balance. It's all just unconscious behavior and getting polarized into dialectics left and right. I mean, if we could just address those two things, holy shit, would the world be different. Just that. And it all yeah, starts yeah. here. Principle of mentalism. Yeah, Simply absolutely. Becoming a con uh, conscious of these dynamics. I mean, <laughs> you know, why do I care so much about power? <laughs> that mm -hmm. question my friend asked me. It <laughs> uh, look at this place. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so yeah, let's see. Uh, you know, and another, let's say, you know, another big one that we could see this play out in, I think, is uh, in relationships, like romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is a big one when people get in toxic relationships that it's just back and forth and back and forth and they break up and they're together and they break up and they're together or uh, they yell and they fight and then they're okay and then, you know, and not in like a normal, like a healthy way of we're having a disagreement, but in a, a toxic way that it's this cycle that's constantly happening. Exactly. Um, and a lot of that, you know, it's it's coming from unconscious projection and especially in a romantic relationship when you know, two people come together like that, and especially, like, when they're, like, living together or they're, you know, married, like, really, you know, very serious, uh, they're going to trigger and start reflecting each other's unconscious stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if looking at it from an, an astrological perspective, if I want to um, do, like, relationship counseling or anything, what I would do is I actually take each person's birth chart and then you overlay them and then you look at where they're different planets and things because it's energetically, they actually become one being. So right. like when you hear people say they talk about the relationship and they're kind of talking about it, like it's own, it's own being, it's kind of because it is its own energetic being and it's a blend of what, yeah, it's a blend of what they're bring, each bringing to the table. Right. So that's going to, you know, come up. And if they're not aware of their stuff <laughs> or they have some, you know, those base assumptions and belief systems that are deep down, you know, uh, for a great one would be like, uh, uh, you know, all, all men are just, you know, cheaters or only want sex or all women are just, you know, whores or, you know, you, you see this where people, they get cheated on a little bit and then they, they take that so deeply and they hold on to it just as like a belief. And then they expect that in every other relationship. Right. And of you course know, that way they're, they're, expectations or the what that they've made their mind up that this is just how things are they're going to keep attracting those type of people that is reinforcing its confirmation bias and self-fulfilling prophecies because then it's like because that's what the ego all weaving it all, all is about is confirming its own bullshit so it's attracting those negative and other unconscious people and then the ego says see i knew it like this is just how they all are and like I'll never find true love and you know always the victim. Yep. And another way this plays out too, I think that is, is really big that a lot of people might have experienced or be able to relate to or have seen in, in other uh, people's relationships they've, they've observed in their life is that um, you'll get people that are, they're constantly accusing their spouse of uh, cheating or they're always like trying to go through their phone or their social media and, it's, it's all this projection. Usually the person that's like constantly accusing of that almost always is either the one doing it themselves or they're thinking about doing it or right. they just have these unconscious assumptions like, 
oh, all men are dogs or all women are whores or, you know, whatever that, whatever that may be, you know, they have that. And then they start projecting that onto the other person that becomes reinforced in their belief system. Then it becomes a part of their identity and how they view things. And, you know, and then that cycle just feeds back. Right. Cause in, in like, because the ego is all about protection, you know, self-preservation, um, it's this sort of unspoken law that it operates on of um, if I don't do it first, they'll do it to me. So think about that for a second and all these unconscious mm. behaviors that they're projecting and, and live, you know, being very fear based about, Oh, you're doing this and you're doing that. It's because they don't trust them, their own selves to not do those things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the t- tying it back to you know both the uh, principle of mentalism and you know the principle of correspondence. You know, it's their inner state of mind that they're reflecting out and projecting onto the world, as within, as without. You know how they're feeling internally. They they put and you see this when people have like a negative worldview and they're like you know they really hate themselves or they don't like their life and they're like oh the whole world's shitty. Well, that's their projection. You know right. they're they're putting their own stuff that they're not wanting to look at and they're denying within their own self and then they're projectile vomiting over everything else but them. And that's where that symptom comes in that we talk about that you see all these behaviors, you'll notice something. They're always the victim. It's always pointing everything outward, never inward. Right. And once again, that confirmation bias. If you think the world is shit and everyone's just a bunch of stupid sheeple, that's what you're going to get. And you're, 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 you've got those, uh, the lens filter and, and that's all you're going to see. You're going to, you know, miracles will be happening right in front of your face and you won't even see them because you're not looking for it. It's a, something called the reticular activation system. And it's a, it's a brain phenomenon where it's, it's filtering information and it's only looking for what it's looking for. So say like, um, you know, you're having a conversation with a friend and, uh, a, you know, a, a hot woman walks into the room. Suddenly, you're not listening to them anymore and then you want to talk to them. But then a guy with a gun comes in and suddenly nothing else is important as the, the actual hostile threat in the room. So it's the same mm. time you're going to focus on, in and lock in on and only perceive that which is, you know, quote unquote, serving you. but when you're operating from the ego, ego, the only thing that's serving you is keeping that fear alive and confirming all that bullshit and all that victimhood and mm-hmm. you know, everyone's just out to get you and everything's mm-hmm. a conspiracy. I mean, it, it, it's all just different forms of the same thing. Yeah, you know, and, le- and cheaper, let's hit on the government's evil. It's all just different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And let's hit on, you know, why is it that people like their victimhood mentality? And I think there's a big reason because it puts the responsibility, the ability to respond outside because then they can be like, oh, you know, the government's enslaving me. Oh, my spouse cheated on me. Oh, this drug's too hard to get off of. Right. Uh, oh, this depression's too hard to be. I have PTSD. I can- well, I don't, whatever the victimhood mentality is. They're, you're rewriting your story when you're like telling that and you're accepting that mindset and by doing it you're trying to put the responsibility elsewhere instead of taking it on yourself to address that situation and properly transmute it and learn from it 
Because mm. all of these are just challenges. This it's is all part of, of the resistance. Game. It's much easier it's to just it's the path of least resistance. It's so much easier to just sit there and blame yeah. everyone else instead because they don't call it shadow play. They call it shadow work. It is work. Mm -hmm. It's hard and it's painful. It's terrifying, all that stuff. But it's actually the only sane choice. Mm -hmm. But also to add to uh, what you were saying about why people actually like and revere their victim mentality is because it gives them a sense of self-importance. So the only reason that people operate from a, a um, egoic imbalance, so again, to reiterate, we've said this so many times, the ego is not inherently bad. It's that when you're under trauma-based mind control, which basically everybody is under some form of it, trauma-based means you've been under coercion, whether it's from the government, whether it's from your religion, etc., you have trauma that you're operating from in causing your ego to be in a state of imbalance, which either turns outwardly or inwardly. So you're either self-destructive in thinking you don't, you know, deserve love, um, you know, you're just a failure, all those kind of little lies that we tell ourselves, or you're pointing it outwards and saying, you know, the world is just shit and everyone's just out to get you because that you're operating from your pain, from your unresolved wounding, and then just projecting that onto people. But when you have what your ego actually is, is your sense of self. So if you're under, you know, if you have unresolved trauma, your sense of self has been damaged. And what that manifests as is... I don't know where I begin and where I end. So you either have no healthy boundaries and you let people run over you, or you're overstepping your own boundaries on and trampling on other people's rights. And so that victim mentality gives you a sense of self-importance because how can it name any way you can phrase or describe your victim situation? Try to do that without saying me. You know, you did this to me, like. And by pointing the finger, you're elevating yourself because that's what the ego wants to do. And when you're in your wounding, you are down, like your sense of worth is downgraded. You're damaged. So you're trying to use any kind of tactic to elevate yourself even though it's on a false paradigm. So you're saying mm -hmm. like, you did this, you know, you cheated, you ruined our relationship, you know, the government's whatever, just like whatever it is that you're blaming, uh, it, it it's not inherently wrong, but it's addictive to to give yourself that sense of self-importance to, to just say like, well, I'm right because you did me wrong. Therefore, I have the right to be angry and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I think that's such uh, a really, really great thing to get get into there, too. And and like I said, uh, or and as you're saying there with their ego and they're they're searching for that sense of self because it was wounded but and they don't they don't have those boundaries so they don't know where they they stop and they begin so that's why they're looking for all these things to identify with mm. so they look for every little label they can so they yeah, can identify dude. with it and then they, they don't know who they really are because they're like oh this is who i am now right your your you know your flag your favorite sports team, just whatever it is, as ridiculous yeah. as that seems, it's it's all coming from, I don't know who I am, so I need to cling to things outside myself and say, oh, that's me, that's me, that's who I am. Don't you dare talk shit about the Cowboys. That's personal attack on my 
you know, my very being. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, it, it's such a, a great thing to get into. And like you said, the, the more we've, uh, we've talked about this, uh, the more things we've really seen it like applied to and the more ways uh we've kind of seen it seen it play out you know um both you know just thinking about it and talking about you know in situations but also in our, our personal interactions since we kind of came uh discover this concept you know we've been uh observing how it plays with different um different sides of where people are and it doesn't matter of whether they're like swung in a far left imbalance or the pendulum is swung to the far right of an imbalance you whenever you're so far out of balance you'll notice the cycle start to come in you know um and it's very it's very interesting to see from uh no matter which side of uh you know the way you're looking at it right right um hey man uh, i got this uh i see this comment here from wolf on okay um, cool. and i i think it's a great point he's bringing up that we ought to uh a, uh, address. So he says, some people actually are victims, though, and don't have the privilege of changing their circumstances. And that is a total valid, totally valid point. Um, uh, we're not trying to say that there's no such thing as victims, or it's not okay to be a victim. Like, when you're under, uh, you know, let me put it this way. Trauma is very real, and it it's it's wounding, it's damaging to the psyche. And when you're in that state, you're not operating from your most authentic self. And that, you know, in no way am I trying to downplay that or say that it's nonsense. We're specifically talking about people, when you look back at, his, at the, the, the symbol behind his head, we're talking about people who are stuck in that. Um, I've been a victim. Brian's been a victim. We've seen and, and endured some really horrible things um, and and you can't rush your healing either it's okay to be where you are it's okay to be wounded it's okay to feel pain and be confused and be unsure uh and and have a hard time trusting people because it makes sense like you've been hurt um again i'm not trying to downplay that i i'm sorry if that came off that way but we're specifically talking about people that are that become addicted to that sense of self-importance that the victimhood gives them to where when it's time to move on they're they're staying there again i've been a victim it's you know it's it's a part of the process you you have to be where you are you have to honor you can't just flip a switch and be healed and no way am i trying to say that whatsoever but it's important to 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 take your power back because that's what this all comes back to as long as you stay a victim you're powerless and you're you're continuing to give power to the people that wronged you, that harmed you, if that makes sense. You still with us, Brian? You look frozen there. Hmm. <laughs> Brian. No, no. I'm Okay, I, I hear you. I think it's just really laggy. Can you but, see me? Uh, well, you're, I, I hear you, it but your picture, picture's still frozen. 
Yeah, I'll just okay. give it a second. It might pop back yeah. up here. I think it should be. No, good. I, yeah, I think we're back now. Okay, good. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so, yeah, I, I'd like to address that a little bit. Sure, man. So, let's understand, you know, taking it back to the trivium process, the principle of mentalism, everything starts with a base foundational assumption and belief. So when we can look at this from a, uh, you could say, a shamanic perspective, an animistic perspective, an empowered perspective, and you're looking at it from the sense that this life experience is something that you as an individuation of consciousness chose to come and experience, like if you want to look at it like a game, let's use this metaphor because it's very helpful, You ch like just like when you play a video game, you are you can go in there and you can choose different difficulties and as a soul if you choose a uh, a more difficult you know life experience that's because you're wanting that challenge because th those challenges that's what makes the game fun if you look at the hero's journey or any good story it's where that hero where that person is really going through that struggle that darkness and they don't know if they're going to make it through but it's those experiences in our life that give us the most value so understanding like, yeah, it is possible for other people to wrong you and to wrong to happen to you, but also understanding that you as an individuation of consciousness, as an infinite soul, signed up and chose to have challenging experiences so you could learn and gain insight from those and like gain wisdom. You know, like I, I as a child, like I experienced, uh, you know, uh, sexual abuse when I was a young kid. I totally get where you're coming from when you're saying some people are victims, but I can also take back my power and come at it from an empowered state of being where I right. recognized that was a challenge and that allowed me to understand sides of life and understand mindsets mm. and pain that other people have. And that has led me on my path to being able to help and coach people and work them through this trauma and get right. them out of this feedback loop that we're talking about. Right on, man. That, that was just my little, what I'd like to address on that. That's great. Yeah, because like I was saying, um, as long as you stay a victim, you're continuing to give power to your abusers. As soon as you stop being a victim and say, yes, that happened to me, but I'm not going to let it rule me anymore, you're taking your power back and you're not, they have, they, there's nothing they can do to you at that point. They don't hold power over you anymore. And the other thing, um, there was one, just one more thing I wanted to add to, uh, um, oh, is, um, yeah, there's a quote somewhere, and I, I, I always forget the exact wording, but to paraphrase, it's that, you know, what has, what has happened to you is not your fault, but healing is still your responsibility. And that's, that really encapsulates um, what we're getting at here, too, is that we're not trying to victim blame at all. We're not trying to justify any wrongdoings, absolutely. We're trying to create a world where people understand right from wrong and aren't creating victims at all. But at the same time, we're responsible for healing our own traumas. And ultimately, um, it, you know, you have to step into your power and become the alchemist and learn to – like you can't change what happened to you, but you can change what you do with that. And the, the more you've suffered, the more power you have to transmute that into some serious power. I mean, the more when you when you really start doing this, you understand the depths of what I'm saying right now. But the the deep, the darker, you know, it's like that Jung quote, Carl Jung, that talks about like 
the highest tree, you know, can only stand that tall because its roots go that deep into the dark earth, you know, like as above, so below. That's all about balance. And so the more you suffer, the more light is going to shine through you too because you have to take that plunge into yourself and, and come out the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, that is the that is the hero's journey, and that's the, that's the purpose of why we are all here is to become the hero of our own story and and realize that you know you are you are the author you're the writer you're the the main character of your own story so belief systems and things that we've been told throughout our lives being able to recognize when you're accepting a belief system or story a narrative that you're taking from someone else and don't accept that start realizing that it's not their fucking story to write it's your story so step back into your power and create whatever you want to fit yes absolutely it's your story yeah and people can only um, take from you if you let them exactly man uh was there any other comments on there or uh i don't have Uh, anything pulled up so if there's uh, anything else we can maybe address or I saw that Wolf had also uh, asked how that relates to the wheel. Um, I'm not sure if he maybe missed the the introduction part of mm-hmm. the the talk. But again, it's it, the wheel. Each of the eight spokes correlates to a different component of uh, human consciousness. And when you get stuck in that feedback loop, you're bypassing the three, uh, the top the left and the, you know, the north, the west, and the northwest uh, that deal with your relation to others, your guides, and then your manifested behaviors, right? Is that is that the third one? Uh, potential manifested energy. So things that okay. it's potential energy that's right. there, but it right. hasn't come into manifestation. So when you're cutting yourself off from new potential, you get stuck in the same old loop. Right, and you create the same cycles, the same situations, and because you're not aware of it, you you feel helpless and lost because you're like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, mm-hmm. again, with the me, the me. Right. You no. Know? Right, so yeah, so if, uh, Daniel, if you did happen to uh, miss the first little bit, you know, whenever this is done, it'll, it'll be up and archived and everything, so please go back and check that beginning part out where I... Uh, right at the very beginning, I kind of explained it all and introduced the nine uh, worlds of Norse mythology and kind of what those all represent uh, on an internal aspect and how those relate to us on a psychological level. Yes, brother. Um, did, is there any other things you wanted to add in? Uh, let's see. Let me double check uh, our notes here that we have. Um you know, I guess another another big one that we didn't necessarily hit on uh, that this loop can definitely apply to is religion. You know, uh, religion's a big one that people can obviously become very dogmatic about it. Um, and a lot of it comes from, like, their, their unconscious beliefs that they've accepted and about themselves and about the world. Uh, you know, uh, a big one that, you know, as, as you know, I like to uh, talk about is original sin. And I, myself, as you know, like to use the acronym for sin as uh, self-imposed negativity. Because that's right. what it is. It is a belief system. It is a mindset 
that you accept and impose upon yourself. And when, you know, when people accept that, you know, that's, that's self-hatred. And it goes well, right down to the unconscious mind and boom, does it open up for dogmatic behavior and hence, yeah. you know, 2,000 well, years of Christianity. <laughs> there's no way that you could believe that and not be in victim mentality because literally the very premise of that is that I was born flawed. I am inherently evil and broken. And, and the only thing that can fix me is something that ain't me. Mm-hmm. That victim mentality in a nutshell. I mean, that's, that's awful. Yeah. And then they, and then they accept what I call, you know, the idea of they need that savior projection. So they start looking for things outside of themselves to save them. The same thing an addict is doing. They're looking for that drug to distract them uh, in a codependent relationship. They're looking for that person to distract them. It's all Ooh. distraction from themselves where they don't want to save themselves. And I, I did a video on my Mastering Midgard YouTube called Christian Savior Projection where I talk about this specific thing. But they've accepted this idea of self-loathing and self-hatred. It's went to the unconscious mind, and they've accepted the base assumption that they need a savior. They can't save themselves. And then they project all that crap onto everybody else, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, Jesus loves you. You just need to accept the grace of God. You know, but at the same time, by telling you that, they don't realize that they're also telling you that, well, you're sinful, you're flawed. But then they want to be like, but he loves you, you know, and they don't they don't see, you know, it's like, dude, no, that's that's not I'm not buying that shit. Um, So you see that that projection come out and it becomes a very dogmatic cycle. And and this applies for any any uh, religion can be taken to this stream. Don't think we're only uh, singling out Christianity that we were both just happened to be raised in uh, Christian homes and being in the West. It's the dominant religion here. It can equally apply to the other Abrahamic traditions or any belief system that someone becomes very dogmatic about it because they're not dealing with their own inner demons. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to call this a night, but thanks for tuning in, and until next time. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. Mm-hmm.